Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and a review on iTunes, very important, and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. We are finally into our third show this year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, Kitty. <laughs> Yeah, the third show this year, I talked about my illness, uh, we got the best records of 2015 out of the way, and you guys know what's going on, but there's a little bit of a twist here, and uh, you guys know whenever I have the gentleman that's here in the studio with me, which is Logan, say hello, Logan. Hello, Logan. What's happening, Joey? Uh, not much. So, let's just get the elephant out of the room, a slew of rock deaths, uh, we could be here for the rest of the week catching up. We have to do a little bit of catch-up at least, but everybody that's been on the brain lately, we're not talking about them today. Not we, yet. A, as of last Fallen episode, which yes, this is another episode of The Fallen, this is still The Fallen of 2015 <laughs> on February 2nd, 2016. Yeah, I know. We got some catching-ups to do. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff. We uh, And I also have an announcement about Bowie later on, so remind me. Okay. Uh, or we'll do it at the top of the Bowie episode, which we're... Uh, also recording today um when we last left the last death that we did was sometime in september of 2015 that was the last one we talked about who was it Uh, i think it was uh, probably chris squire or somebody like that it was Was around it it was around that time because i was just asking about chris squire yeah yeah very well could have been it seems like forever ago and it kind of catch up on some deads so we're doing the fallen of 2015 still in 2016 so volume whatever of the fallen of 2015 just it'll be on the episode title just cannot quit 2015 so the uh we we're starting at September 28th of 2015 <laughs> and I'm going to preface this entire episode for those of you friends of the show you're familiar with this series sometimes we get into some really obscure stuff this is an interesting episode because not that everybody on this show is terribly known but you're going to know a lot of these bands, and if you don't know the band or singer, you're going to know the song. So a really interesting twist here on this crop of the Fallen. See, and I'm flying blind on this too, so... He is. Uh, we're going to start off, like I said, a death right. from September 28th of last year. Uh, they just said, quote, a long illness. But we're going to talk about a Swine guy... flu? <laughs> Possibly. SARS. Uh, gator flu, because he's a Louisiana man. Ooh. Uh, from Gretna, Louisiana, by the way. You know, I was born in Louisiana. Interestingly enough, the man was born and died in the same city. Really? It's not very common ever. He must for be him. a blues guy. Uh, ish. Um, blues ish. He's got ties to that scene and, okay. and the, you know, the Zydeco stuff, but Zydeco. Um, had a huge pop slash R&B hit. In 1959, a guy named Frankie Ford. Hmm. Logan, can you dial Frankie Ford in on your Rolodex? What was the big hit? Because that's the one we're going to play, actually, to kick off the show. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and save some time and go, I don't know, what was the what was the hit? Sea Cruise. Sea Cruise. Oh! So you got nothing to lose kicking off the show this week. Frankie Ford, the now late Frankie Ford, and Sea Cruise. 
Don't you let us take you on a death cruise because that's what we're doing right now <laughs> kicking off the show this Dark. week thank you thank you yes you gotta have a little bit of humor to break up with this this dire theme that we do uh but it's that was a pretty wa- peppy song for being death cruise yeah well hey you know i mean you might it's as well song. enjoy yourself in death right. <laughs> that was frankie ford like i said louisiana man sea cruise that was his biggest hit peaked at the number 14 on the hot 100 which doesn't seem like a song that would survive decades and decades on, but if you go, you know, pick up almost any '50s collection worth its weight or any kind of set, that song is always going to be on there, barring copyright laws, I guess. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, number fourteen pop, number eleven R and B, interesting, pretty impressive. It seems very white in retrospect, but back then that was like an R&B song because it sounded like kind of a Fats Domino, obviously the yeah. Louisiana influence right, in right. there. There you go. Frankie Ford died 76 years old after a long illness. Rest in peace, Frankie Ford. How old was he? 76 years 76. old. That's about the average nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, moving on. Speaking of chart, uh, I'm going to play you a song now that was not huge on the charts, but people know this song. This is like the original version. It's kind of one of those, 
haven't heard the original, thought that the cover was the original kind oh, of thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. Uh-huh. But a guy named Billy Joe Royal died. I don't know if you know you know that I name, I know that right? name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Had a big hit. Uh, I'm not going to play it. A big hit called Down in the Boondocks is apparently his biggest hit. Yeah. Now, I, I'm not familiar with that song. Um, I listened to it, and I still didn't I don't know recognize I could, it. I don't know if I could point it out to you. But, uh, but let's just uh, say that Billy Joe died... October 6th, 2015, 73 years old, died in his sleep. Yeah. And uh, I was like sitting there going, well, I guess I'll play this. I mean, he definitely had enough of a name. But then I did a little bit more digging. Found out that a guy named Joe South wrote a song for him in 1967. Only made it to number 52 on the charts. But you know this song probably a little bit better by a band called Deep Purple. So... For Billy Joe Royal, this is Hush. My rock and roll brethren, there huh. you go. The original version of Hush by Billy Joe Royal, who was uh, why we're playing this Didn't know right that. now for you. What did you, you think of that? That was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. thought did you, thought you did might not like that. expect that at all. Yeah, yeah. So known songs, known songs, not not household names. No. Uh, here's a guy that has his own place in history. It's an interesting sort of place in history. This guy is definitely more well known. In England, which is where he's from. We'll say, what's up to Chris Riley? This one's for you. 
uh, your fellow countryman, uh, a guy named Jim Diamond. Logan. I'm I'm thinking. I really want that uh, tic tac doe music to come on. You don't want the Jeopardy music? No, because tic tac doe really had it as okay. far as the score, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I miss those shows. Uh, but Jim Diamond died on October 10th of 2015 in his sleep once again at the age of 64. I had to look up who he was, but I did recognize the band as soon as I saw it. Right. He was a member of a band called PhD Logan. PhD. Which didn't make a lot of noise over here. No. Uh, but this was a band that he started with a guy named Tony Hymas and Simon Phillips, who I know you know that name from DO and ACDC, the drummer. Yes. From the 80s. And, uh, you know, I think one of the last times I saw DO, Simon was actually Simon his drummer. Was there. Yeah. yeah. And. Uh, so yeah, they took the last, uh, the first letter of their last initial and made PhD, it. made PhD out of it. Yeah, yeah. Clever. Um, they have the distinction of being one of the bands that aired in the first hour of broadcast of MTV <laughs> back in August of 1981 with this song that I'm going to play, oh. which is easily their most well-known song in America, but not because of this version, not because of PhD's original version. Okay. But because it was covered roughly about five years later by a band called Tesla, and they had a hit with it. Huh. So for Jim Diamond, we're going to play you the original version of Little Susie's on the Up. I was going to say. Here you go. <laughs> Oh, 
from the first song on their first album. <laughs> that was PhD with Little Susie's on the Up from their self-titled album, 1981. That was for the late Jim Diamond. I hope you enjoyed that. Logan, what'd you think of that? Were that's you familiar actually, with that jam? That's not so bad. Good. That was actually pretty good. Uh, very, I don't want to say painfully 80s, but it's painfully 80s. Painfully the 80s for the cat. Yes. For the cat. For the cat. I, I do like the Tesla version, and I can see why they, they would want to cover that. Who brought that to Yeah, who, who brought you know? that like, to the table? How did that make hey, it all the way hey over guys. here? Yeah. I think we had to do this song. Yeah, like it was Where did that come from? Yeah, I guess it was. It's it was weird enough to me, you know, finding out in retrospect that a lot of the bands of the '80s, like the hard rock bands, yeah. were covering like Australian bands and Finnish bands, and and but yeah, just random stuff. But you know, maybe it was a producer. Who 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 the hell? Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. Maybe it could have been. So I'm sure that info is out there. I'm not a hardcore Tesla authority, so I just don't no. know. Feel free to send me a message cool. if you know. All right, moving on here. We're gonna stick with known acts or known songs. Uh, but the person representing the song is, is not a household name. And, and I, I mean that in no disrespect to anybody on the show. You all made contributions to the world of music, and we appreciate you. This next guy here, Steve McKay, Logan. Steve McKay. You're going to love yep. this because Steve McKay was a saxophone player. He was on saxophones. <laughs> and uh, he played on what some... Uh, heavyweights and rock and roll considered to be the best album of all time. If you ask somebody like Henry Rollins or Jack White, this is on a short list of the, their greatest albums and favorites of all time. Funhouse by the Stooges. The Stooges saxophone player, yes, Steve McKay, died on also October 10th of 2015 of sepsis at the age of 66. Of what? Sepsis. Look it up. <laughs> Some sort of infection or something like okay. that. Okay, all right. Uh, but yeah, like if you heard saxophone on any on a Stooges record uh, from Funhouse on, which there's only a handful, but yeah. if you heard it, it was Steve. If he was on tour, was it he, was Steve playing I was saxophone. He was, he, did he play with anybody else after that? I, I know he did some things, but nothing is okay. like you know noteworthy, let's say, right, as, right. as the Stooges. So, I mean, I think it's pretty apropos that we play a song that he got to really just riff on. Right. So we're going to go with the title track to Funhouse. So here we go. Turn it up.
right, some fun house there. I think I played that on the show like years ago, but I think it's definitely apropos that we play that as a tribute now to Steve McKay, longtime Stooges saxophone player, and of other things. Like I said, even when they played Coachella, the Stooges, a few years ago, Steve was on stage with them playing. Yeah. So that's pretty damn cool. Uh, Sepsis. Yeah, like I said, I don't know. But I think Sepsis is playing Coachella this year, so. <laughs> Thank you. Thought of that in all of 10 seconds. Tip, tip your waiter, everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, speaking of death, let, let's do let's do a, death? A, a quick mention of a recent death that has nothing to do with music. Okay. The Abe Vigoda thing. I, oh, wa- I wanted to yeah. talk about this real quick because, you know, I know you were you're, always you're, a fan of his Abe you're, Vigoda. You're fast-forwarding 2016 oh, into God. the 2015? Absolutely. Okay. I don't know if you saw this story, right? but I... I got such a kick out of it. And I know everybody else did too. And I know Abe would have too. You know, the ongoing joke. Abe Vigoda is... A- yeah, Abe Vigoda is dead. The, like, he's been reported dead well, right. actually many times Several over the last times. 30 years. Yes. 30, 35 years. Yeah. Before so, the internet, even. Abe Vigoda was a member of the Friars Club. So, at his huh. funeral, uh-huh. they roasted him. Did they? Yeah. Nice. Gilbert Godfrey goes up. <laughs> this is the twentieth time we've buried a pagoda. <laughs> that was his opening line. <laughs> Isn't that a funeral you yeah. would have loved to have been at? I yeah. mean, come on. That that, that may great. be mine. That's fucking great. <laughs> All right. Hey, I just thought of that just out you know, I just pulled that out of my ass. Next guy on the list, the guy who left us on October twentieth from blood cancer. I had to dumb that one down because it had one of those names that looks like it belongs on the back of the ingredients. Right. It's like suntan lotion. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like Lewis Black. I've never seen those words anywhere. That could be zebra cum. You don't know. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's like, you might not laugh at that joke, but you still don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, we're going to talk about a guy named Corey Wells, who was 74 years old Corey when he died. Corey Wells. Corey Wells was an original lead singer no. of one of three. No. He was one of the three dog night. Oh, that guy. Ah, uh, yes. Now, <laughs> disclaimer, I'm not a huge three dog night fan. A guy from Three Dog Night actually did leave us uh, probably about a year, year and a yeah, half ago, a year, and yeah. I did a show where I talked about him and played Shambhala, which is a show like, of Three Dog Night? Not a whole show. I played him on one of the Fallen episodes. So I think I played Shambhala, because I can actually listen to that one without you know vomiting up Dagon. Right, right. Um, and I'm not a big fan. Joy of the World, nah. I can do without it. Like, I can do without pretty much almost anything Three Dog Night. Yep. However. Uh-oh. Um, I just thought this was kind of fun. And this is, is, this is, is kind this of your a, asterisk? Well... I will say the importance of Corey Wells, uh, I'm not discounting this, and I'm not a fan of this song either because we're not going to play it, but that's Corey Wells doing the entire lead on Mama Told Me Not to Come. Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. Written by Randy Newman, by the way, who Corey Wells uh, gave, uh, one of his favorite stories is that he said, I remember when that song was climbing and Randy Newman called me on the phone to thank me for putting his kids through college. Well, there you go. <laughs> so even then he knew it would last. So obviously. Uh so yeah, important enough guy to be on the fallen episode. You're three dog die. So I, I I tried to dig a little as like People let's like you. Yeah, sure. Let's find something that I, I could play. I didn't find anything that great, to be honest with you. And I'm I gonna play I, Joy to the World? No, I'm not even gonna play Three Dog Night because at one oh. point Corey actually 
struck out on his own. Oh. And did some solo material, but it was at the height of disco. <laughs> so we're going to do some disco rock right Should now. Be good. Yeah. Should be real good. This is the best one I found out of everything. Wow. So uh, put your travel shoes on from 1978. This is Corey Wells with Starlight. Now listening to 70s on 7 on Sirius X. I'm wow. sorry, no. Um, that was, sorry. All joking aside, that was Corey Wells with Starlight and probably in parentheses somewhere, You'll Be My Woman Tonight. Wow. But, you know, hey, if 
Hey, nothing wrong with a little seventies cheese every now and then. I I, I had fun with it. Seventies had a lot of that. And I gotta and and to be serious, I'm gonna give it up for Corey Wells in the sense that according to all of his bios that I read, a straight edge man. So from a guy that came from a band like fucking Three Dog Night, who Chuck Negron is like the poster boy right. for scared straight in the seventies. I mean. Uh, probably should have had so many like STDs and died from drugs. I mean, like that guy, right? And Corey Wells is like, no, no, never, uh, never did any coke, never drank, and I mean it. Like, I mean, what do I have wow. to gain by saying that? I'm from the '70s, you know. Yeah. So, good that's on a, you, dude. That's a <laughs> that's a rarity. Yeah. '70s music business. So yeah, much yeah. respect there. Much respect. All right, now this next guy here, uh, another. Uh, it's a very common sounding name. This is a this is a uh, another John Smith, uh, pretty much uh, another Englishman. This guy definitely has his name in the history books, although not a household name. Once again, okay, a gentleman by the name of Andy White Logan. There, oh, man, that's he was really? eighty five years old. He died November. <laughs> Despite the fact that he was eighty five, you're gonna be like, oh, okay. November 9th of 2015 is when he died. Right, so okay. 85, no cause of death, except cause of death was Old probably age. 85. Yeah. Andy White drummed on two Beatles songs that are actually on a record. Huh. Like a real, actual release. Like the Please Please Me album. Really? Yeah. So at the point... The in, Ringo? At the point in history where Pete Best is out. Right. And he's like fired that week... Or let go, or whatever. Fired. The, the the boys have already picked Ringo to come in, right? Unbeknownst to George Martin, who has got the session ready, right, and booked Andy White to come in and play drums. So this guy. So he was gypped. In in a sense, but at the same time, George doesn't really. He can't really overwrite the band as far right. as a band decision, right? But for the purpose of the session. He's like, this is what this is the sound I want, and he can provide it. Right. So, for for love me do. Yes, love me do. <laughs> and uh, this song that I'm going to play here, which was the B side of love me do, this was done in one session, and this guy was the drummer. So he was a damn beetle for a day, one day. I'd be and, damned. Um, yeah. For so all how time. was Sir Paul then? If he was eighty, if he was eighty-five, uh, yeah. I mean, well, Paul's in his Paul's like like in the seventies, seven, like it's kind of mid to late, 70s. maybe at this point, almost. God, that can't be right. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, was, I mean, Rigo's a little older too than, yeah. than those guys. But but Jeez. yeah, so here's the deal: Andy White was a Beatle for a day, and these these are the fruits of his work. Boy, oh, you're always going to hear him when you hear the "Please cool, Please Me" album. He's on it. What a cool thing, though, to be a Beatle for a day. Yeah, I mean. And there was that other drummer that got to be a Beatle for like a week when Ringo got sick on their first tour where they had to be like everywhere, like at all times. I don't know about that one. The, go watch Anthology and they'll talk okay. about it. I even forget the guy's name. But so here's the. George uh, Lanza. So obviously you've heard Love Me Do. Right. So let's play the B side, which is on Please Please Me. All right. But, um, you know, you haven't heard this one very much. And here's an interesting twist. Oh. You're going to hear Ringo on Maracas. So here's the Beatles <laughs> with. <laughs> Making a rare, making actually a rare appearance on Rock Strikes 10. Okay. This is the Beatles with P.S. I Love You. As I write this letter, send my love to you. Remember that I'll always be in love with you. Treasure these few words till we're together. 
get a rarity for rock strikes 10 the beatles good day mate because you know the beatles don't need me to play them on my show no. i've played like four in the entire like so that's one a year we might be averaging so there you go uh, p.s i love you from the please please me record also the b-side of love me do which andy white played drums on both of them the last time you hear the beatles yeah and i believe and if you want to hear ringo play on love me do then oh. the version on the past masters or you know whatever it's called oh, mono, masters, mono masters that version that's out right now that's ringo playing drums because they actually did recut it with him on there i actually knew that good stuff wow all right let's talk about another guy here coming up wow um to say any of the things that this guy is known for still does not do the guy justice longevity session guy writer I mean, he did it all, and sadly, I don't believe much of a household name, even at the end of the day. Is the, ain't that a bitch? Alan Toussaint, Logan. It's good. It, uh, fantastic. Pioneer. New Orleans funk. R&B. All of it. I, mem- I, I, I don't yeah. fault you for a minute for in, in, including this, this name. He's... <laughs> no. I mean, there's... there's n- I, I, I'm, I'm a fan, too. I don't have nearly as much. Yeah. And as if, far if, as records that I that I should, yeah. For those of you out there, and, there I, and to be fair, there's going to be a, there's a handful of people listening right now, and I'm, I don't blame you, but you're going who, right? I I, I could tell you who, right? I mean, well, first I'll go over a quick uh, like little short list of accolades: Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Louisiana Music Hall of Fame, right. Blues Hall of Fame. Yep. Oh yeah, and two years ago he got this thing called the National Medal of Arts from the president. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay, let's name some songs off. I, I don't even have these on my notes, Chris. I had to bring the wiki up because yeah. when you have a list this long, you'll forget something, and something very important. So right. for purposes that I usually don't do on the show, I have his page up right now. You can uh, lead this. Um, uh, there's a song I really like from the 50s called Mother-in-Law. Huey yeah. Lewis covered it. Oh, yeah. Great song. Yeah. Uh, how about a little song called Working in a Coal Mine? Yep. I believe he wrote that song. Here's another weird thing, and this is going to tie into the song that I'm going to play. He wrote songs under a pseudonym. Oh, did he really? A female pseudonym. Yes, okay, okay. I remember 
Because whenever he passed, I remember looking up what what I, exactly which songs I knew him from. Yeah. And not just as a body of work. Because that's... If, if you've ever visited New Orleans, even just crossed over into Louisiana, then there's something about moving into the... Louisiana is it's it's whole other cult like a whole other culture, and so then all of a sudden you well for me yeah. I start I start just getting real thummy at the mouth for the the roots music of Louisiana yeah. not roots music of the South yeah per se sure but of Louisiana because yeah. there's so many different you know folk blues jazz jazz the Dixieland the, yeah I mean all of it yeah. and so. I started collecting things that were just Louisiana based, and yeah, his I remember name. That. I remember that. His name popped up everywhere, every single, every single record. You know, he he might have uh, had a writing credit on, or he was performer, or he produced, or he produced. Yeah, like he produced uh, "Right Place, Wrong Time" by Doctor John and "Lady Marmalade" by Labelle. Right, huge songs. Right. Uh, that song Fortune Teller that's been covered to death. Right. He wrote that shit. Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell. Oh. He wrote that. Oh, did he write I that? I almost played that just because it's so odd right. to say that that's associated with him as writer. Yeah, that pseudonym, female. Naomi right. Neville was his female pseudonym. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do know the song I'm going to play here. Ex-girlfriend. I guess I don't maybe, know. Maybe I don't know. But like the Neville is it is that tied in with Ooh, the Nevilles wonder, of Louisiana? I, I don't wonder? know because I mean they're yeah. <laughs> and they were probably hit. They were actually hitting around the same time, weren't they? Yeah, in, I would in, imagine in the they all got to be 50s? like around I don't the same know. age. Yeah. I didn't dig far enough. I yeah. I, I just knew that lo- losing Alan Toussaint yeah was a tremendous loss, not just for Louisiana and its culture and music history, but for American yeah. culture and music history. Absolutely. Tremendous loss. Huge loss. And he did that record a few years ago with Elvis Costello. Some people got to know him from that. Right. Just like I said, any kind of session, like, you know, um, you know, he was, uh, man, I, I, you, you go through your record collection, he's at least on 12 of your records, minimum. Even if you barely buy records, he's probably yeah. on it somewhere. Yeah, probably. One of my personal favorite songs that he wrote, which is actually under the Naomi pseudonym, uh, was a song, I'll find out who the original artist was, but um, I know the Yardbirds covered it later, and then this guy here, because I just love the delivery, and it's a it's a really smart lyric. It's a song called A Certain Girl, Okay. and this version will be performed in particular by another late great, Warren Zevon. Here you go. There's a certain girl I've been in love with a long, long time. What's her name? Say, yeah. I'll be 
A certain girl for you here on Rock Strikes 10. In memory of Alan Toussaint, the late great Alan Toussaint, who is a multiple Hall of Famer, and rightfully so. Rightfully. Uh, yeah, that, that version by Zevon from 1980 from the album Bad Luck Streak and Dancing Class. Wow, that was from 1980? Yeah, it still sounds fresh. Jeez. Uh, the thing that's great about that title of the record, by the way, is yeah. that uh, he <laughs> apparently the term dancing class is an old, like, in-the-know, like, you know, like, a speakeasy way to say oh, okay. uh, House of Prostitution. Oh. <laughs> so, bad luck streak in dancing class. Where's Yvonne the, from? The great Any Warren Zevon. I think he's Midwest. Okay. I want to say. But, uh, yeah. So, there you go. A, a double fallen tribute there. Warren Zevon and, of course, Alan Toussaint. Alan Toussaint. Um, there you go. Great stuff. Uh, Check out that New Orleans funk and R&B stuff. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're fantastic stuff. So, yeah. The original version was by Ernie K. Doe, mm-hmm. which Logan already referenced him, which is great. I was like saying, yeah, go look up Ernie K. Doe. Go look up Huey Piano Smith. Yep. Fats Domino, if you don't have any of that. Right, I mean, yeah. my God. Actually, Alan apparently set in on a session for the piano, for Fats Domino at one point. Oh, did he really? Uh, I don't know if they wound up using the track, but I think it was one of his singles. Cool. So, like, that's Very how cool. he kind of broke in. Right. Was fucking ghosting for Fats Domino. There used to be some really good um, <laughs> rhino, like early, maybe late 80s, early 90s compilations that went over rhino. But they had yeah. some really nice uh, R&B uh Maybe I should preface that with uh, New Orleans, yes, R and B and funk. So even if you just, you know, look up the 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 track list, there's some really cool stuff yeah. there. So you can get something that maybe sounds a little sharper, but yeah, always those, for some those, those are there, of course. yeah, those are really good, really good comps that that I think you'd be pleased. With. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. To, and, and a rhino shell that doesn't come from me is, right. is uh, that's interesting right there. So yeah. thank you, Logan. Yeah, sure. So that way I didn't have to do it. Thank you for your support, Rhino. <laughs> no problem. Speaking of reissues, though, oh. I finally started getting around, and yes, um, certain deaths of recent uh, did trigger this. I I I'd started with these like remasters one disc versions and now i'm going backwards and i'm doing all deluxes all two disc versions that's the nerd in me but i think it's very apropos you're gonna have to add a shelf in here man um for motorhead oh yeah and yes we already did that lemmy two-parter but in the in the wake of all of this stuff going on yeah let's not forget about phil taylor the filthy animal filthy animal um 
you know what's funny somebody you know it's weird somebody came up to me at work after phil died yeah because you know it made some of the papers and then online things and someone said did lemmy die and i go no 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 no, no. god no like yeah it was like shocking <laughs> and i said but to be fair like phil his legacy right is is something to be said i think because not only did he drum on like at least 10 studio albums i think he was out by 91 92 right uh, but and they were landmark records. Yeah, these 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 for the, these for the most the, part. These are the famous Motorhead albums. Yeah. Yes, I'm a defender of the modern material. However, right. I realize historical reasons, but for for no other reason is the fact that Phil gets the credit for popularizing double bass double drumming. Bass. Yeah, I mean, right there. I mean, that changed yeah. metal like overnight. Well, the, it just changed the whole the whole ideal of what hard rock was yeah. progressing into yeah. moving in it, it was like its next phase yeah here's how we can speed this up just a little bit more guys so what else you got yeah and and double bass not that not that it hadn't existed before that and I, and from what i understand kind of the quick reader's digest blurb here right is that double bass really took off because people were trying to duplicate john bottom stuff which he was doing with one pedal right they had to make two just to catch up to him but Fair it was it was Phil that said, "Let's play this as fast as right. we can, and <laughs> with a little bit more ferocity." Is, yeah. is is what it what it gets down to. Yeah, and that's the difference right there. And I think that's actually the reason. I, I would think this is the reason why they named this song the name that they gave it. What, so what for, they gave it. So for Phil, this is this is <laughs> this should be on his tombstone. This is Motorhead with Overkill.
song that song only was heard by a very young Lars Ulrich and made him go huh how do you play that <laughs> and uh, had a massive influence on bands like the big four in, yeah, in a nutshell I mean the, every single one of them overkill uh, almost uh, as much uh, probably more than anything even though like there was very important influences from Priest and Maiden right Motorhead did just as much if not possibly more for bands like that as far as like what direction are we going in right so there you go. And Phil was a big part of that. So rest in peace, Phil. Died uh, November 11th at the age of 61 of liver failure. Mm. And we know what that is. And that's why he lost his gig at Motorhead, too, apparently, from yeah. what I understand. Yeah. He played one song on March or Die, and then he got fired. Oh. One so, song? Yeah, the ballad. Okay. And he didn't even, wasn't wow. even cutting it then, wow. supposedly. Yeah, sad. But uh, I know that... Um, uh, Lemmy's tribute online to Phil when he died was pretty great because he goes, 
how come this world has taken Wurzel and Phil from me and George Bush still lives? <laughs> he was pretty pissed. Yeah. So thank, thank you, Lemmy, once again. Uh, we got a couple of more to go. Just two more. Uh, this one is uh, a guy, and uh, once again, you're going to know this song, but not know the name. Huh? Someone by the name of P.F. Sloan. P.F. Sloan. P.F. Sloan died November 15th of pancreatic cancer at the age of 70. Mm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he... That's a bummer. Yeah. Early on in P.F. Sloan's career, prior to having a little bit more success as a writer... Okay. Here's an interesting bit. I'm not going to play this song, but I think this is super interesting. Okay. One of the biggest hits by Jan and Dean was, uh, besides like Surf City, was right. Little Old Lady from Pasadena. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge song, right? Yeah. That's not Dean Torrance on that song. That's P.F. Sloan. P.F. Sloan. Yeah, Dean got benched for that, and they liked his, they liked P.F.'s high falsetto better for the track, so that's the version you always hear. That's his voice huh. right there. So a little taste of success there. Maybe not be, even being able to say at the time, hey, that's my voice. Ghost vocal. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, a total ghost vocal. And some people even thought it was Brian Wilson. So, But it wasn't. It was P.F. Sloan. So, little taste of success. Basically transitions into the songwriting thing. Yeah. Uh, two huge songs. You only need one to get in on this show. Right. But two huge songs. How about uh, Eva Destruction by Barry Maguire? Oh. Wrote that. And then it's sort of like when I'm fascinated by Two Hit Wonders, whose two songs sound nothing alike. Right. So from that, you also get the man who wrote Secret Agent Man. Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) So P.F. Sloan wrote both Eve of Destruction, a great protest song of the war in the 60s, to Secret Agent Man, made famous by Johnny Rivers in 1966. Yeah. Heard it, right? Let's oh, play yeah. one. You probably heard this one too, but this yeah. is, uh, I'd rather play this version to be uh-huh. quite honest with Uh-oh. you. No, we're not playing Blues Traveler's version either. <laughs> uh, I recently rediscovered that they had covered I, that. I when was going to say, I, I, I had forgotten about that. It was on Ace Ventura when Nature Calls. Uh, but uh, Appreciate the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm here for. Good stuff. So let's play uh, a version here by a very highly influential band that was way ahead of their time uh, that has experienced some loss as well. Here's Devo with Secret Agent Man.
There you go for my birth year, 1979. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to date you there, Logan. No, yeah, you're fine. Uh, but there, Devo from Duty Now for the Future. That was Secret Agent Man, originally performed by Johnny Rivers, but written by P.F. Sloan, who that was in tribute to. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. P.F.S. All right. <laughs> Last guy on the show here. Now this is just kind of for me. I I, I feel the need to kind of send us off on a you know an upbeat note here, despite the fact that we're talking about death. This song always puts me in a good mood, and it has been since I was probably like two years old, like like my first early memories maybe. Okay. Is why I'm going to play this song. The high note of death. I guess, yeah. Um, and this is probably one of the only times you're going to hear about the obituary for a guy named Ronnie Bright. But that's unfortunate. Ronnie Bright died on November 26th at the age of 77. And yes, you can't almost get away with doing a Fallen episode on Rock Strikes 10 Uh-oh. without getting into a doo-wop, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, this guy was a bass singer for the Valentines, the Cadillacs, the Deep River Boys, and even the Coasters uh. at one point. Very important band. I consider the Coasters to be one of the first real rock and roll bands. I'm right with that. Um, in 1963, uh, he did kind of basically a session for this, uh, basically a pop singer, almost kind of a teen idol guy that needed to have a bass man on the song. In 1963, that singer's name was Johnny Symbol, and this song is actually a tribute to what Ronnie Bright did. So oh. he is the voice of... The Baseman, because he is oh. Mr. Baseman. Mr. Baseman. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, closing off the show, Johnny Symbol, along with Ronnie Bright, which should get equal billing on this song. Never did, but right. I'm giving it to him. <laughs> so, there you go. Johnny and Ronnie with Mr. <laughs> Baseman. Mr. Baseman, you've got that certain something. Mr. Baseman, you set that music thumping. To you it's easy when you go one, two, three. Yeah, Mr. Baseman, you're on all the songs with a boom, boom, and a boom, boom, boom. Hey, Mr. Baseman, you're the hidden king of rock and roll. Teach me, mm, yeah, the way you sing. Cause Mr. Bassman, I wanna be a bassman too. Oh, Mr. Bassman, I really think I'm with it. Come on, Mr. Bassman, now I'm a bassman too. 
you teach me mm, Yeah, the way you sing Cause Mr. Bassman I wanna be a bassman too Yeah, Mr. Bassman I think I'm really with it And a boom boom Come on, Mr. Bassman Now I'm a bassman too Alright, there you go. It's, it's, I feel like we just like ended like a Guy Ritchie movie, you know, or something. You know? But I think that was a fun way to go out. That was Johnny Symbol along with the late great Ronnie Bright, Mr. Bassman, 1963. Good stuff. I, I think that's super fun. And the, going back to where I said I've been enjoying this song since like my earliest memories, really the reason I knew this song at all initially was because of the fact that um, I used to hear it all the time on The Muppet Show. It was covered uh, like was really? pretty much all the songs on the all the songs on the Muppet Show were covers. Yeah, the only time they ever did originals actually were on in the movies. Yeah, so all the stuff you know, so like Jim and all the guys, they they'd pull these like random novelty records, you right. know, and stuff like that. Right, and that's they had Mr. Bassman. I remember Scooter and Floyd doing it together. <laughs> so. Um, and it was on one of the records I think that I had, but uh, that's that's how I know that song so well. Scooter, yeah, Scooter was their uh, song and dance man for sure. Um, but there you go, that's that's for everybody. It's even for Richard Hunt, who's uh, played Scooter, who's yeah. not with us anymore either. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Hope you enjoyed it. And on that note, we're going to end this particular episode. Logan, are, uh, what did you think of this uh, class of guys? It's, it's all over the place, all over the map. It's a good one. Yeah. That was a good one. I, I I didn't even plan it like this. I yeah. just think it's kind of neat that the theme here it's is funny how death works that way. You pretty much know all this stuff yeah. or know the bands and and just like these guys, these That's a, unsung good heroes. Stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, we're gonna be back on the next episode with uh, starting off our special Bowie tribute. So tune into that as well. Yeah, another sad one, but also let's try to keep it ah, no. a positive tribute. Something something fun to be on. Until then, please go to cnjradio.com for all the info, links to the Twitter and the Facebook. Uh, blah, yeah. Uh, leave a star rating and review on iTunes, please. And that's pretty much it for plugs. Logan, you got anything to plug? Nah, yeah. no. No? No plugs? I don't think today? I have anything to plug, do I? Oh, you, you oh ereaper.com. Yeah. Or not, not, not dot com. I was like, you have a dot com? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, ereaper reports on Twitter. Yeah. I think that's all I have yeah, okay. for the for the the death. Yes, E Reaper reports on Twitter. And before we get out of here, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard for the outro. Go to facebook.com slash band for more info and their upcoming new album. Oh. Yeah. So uh until then, everybody else, have fun.
saxophones, you've got to fucking be kidding me.